Hello and welcome to the Perfect Strangers Podcast. I, as always, am your host, Furby Montano, and I do want to thank you for joining us today. Now, before we get started, I want to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club is a company that delivers razors and other personal grooming products to customers by mail. It delivers razor blades on a monthly basis and offers additional grooming products for home delivery. We all know that razor blades can be expensive, and Dollar Shave Club takes out the middleman so they give you the best price possible for high-quality razor blades. And if you use the code MANSCAPING at checkout, they're going to give you 20% off your first order. That's right, the code MANSCAPING will get you 20% off your first Dollar Shave Club order. Dollar Shave Club. All right, so today on the show, I have a very special guest. Her name is Antoinette Dominguez, but she goes by Nettie. Now, we met on one of the social media sites that not a lot of people talk about, and that is 23andMe. It turns out that Antoinette and I grew up about an hour away from each other and never met in my 33 years, her 30 years of life. Uh, since meeting on 23andMe, we've gone on to be uh, friends on you know all different forms of social media. Uh, we found out that we have a ton in common. We're both musicians, uh, both love music, both are really funny. And it's just really cool to see the, uh, the similarities that we have, um, even growing up so close together and never actually having met. So without further ado, Nettie Dominguez, thank you again for listening. Okay. Yes. So hi. Hello. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you uh, reaching out. This is, this is super cool. Thank you. I'm like, it's pretty nice. I've been wanting to meet you and stuff anyways. Pretty cool. I know. So just background for people who don't know, um, we are technically cousins, right? Yeah. I thought we were fifth cousins, but I went back to look, we're third cousins. It we're says that we share, like we're pretty close related third cousins damn that's crazy and we never yeah. never met we crossed paths nothing <laughs> <laughs> and you you were raised did you were you were raised in santa fe albuquerque albuquerque i was so i was born in farmington and then raised in albuquerque and then you're from santa fe right i'm from santa fe yeah yeah damn yep, that you through 23 and me <laughs> i know 23 i wonder how many people have met like long lost cousins and stuff from 23 and me it's it's nuts how those sites have done stuff Interestingly enough, I had a another cousin reach out to me because she's adopted and she didn't know who her uh, birth father was. And so she had reached out to me and stuff. We found out that we were her birth father's side of the family. No shit. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that like? What was, was that kind of like a weird interaction or how, how did that go? No, actually, I really like, I really like love her at this point to where I'm just like, I would even take a trip to fly out or whatever to go see her because I really appreciate her so much. And she's just really sweet. It was like, um, the only kind of sad part is we had, you know, we didn't really have too much good news about her dad, but you know, my, the rest of the family was like, you know, we'll, She's family to us, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. We've all been, like, pretty welcoming and stuff. Yeah, we had a couple of those, too, um, from my dad's side, where I know we had one person who came in saying, like, I just found out that my real father isn't my real father. And oh, geez, yeah. Yeah, and we were like, oh, all right. So we're... <laughs> like, it's always, it's always weird when people, like, 
come in like, hi, my name is so-and-so. Listen, you might be my family and my dad, I don't know. And they like start unloading. You're like, whoa, calm down. Okay, hold yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just came here to meet family. <laughs> to see what I am. <laughs> no, I have like, yeah, there's been some interesting things. Like, you know, her, she's been the most interesting, but I think it's pretty cool because she... She's like, you know, what is New Mexico like? And she was like, can you send me recipes and stuff like that? So pretty soon when I have some time, I'm going to sit down and write her like a recipe for pozole and for, you know, whatever, maybe bizcochitos because that's such a New Mexican thing. Oh, why you got to bring up bizcochitos in Florida? Why you got to do that to me? <laughs> I'll mail you some if you want. <laughs> no, you know what? I'm like... I'm coming home for Christmas and my aunt's already said she's going to make me a bat. So I'm like, yes, finally, it's been way too long. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I don't know, like, I because we've been talking about possibly moving and stuff. And that's one thing I'm always like, what am I going to do without chili? I don't know. <laughs> Surprisingly, you can find it in most places now. Um, yeah, like that's I, pretty I, good. Yeah, I was, I was able to find it. I lived in New Orleans. I could find it there. I found it in Texas pretty easily. Um, here in Florida, not so much, but I can always order it online. So yeah, it works. Yeah, I think, what is it? Hatch kind of now allows people to order from far. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I got some freeze-dried, which it wasn't very good, if I'm being honest, <laughs> but it's chilly. So <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> like, like it, it, it had the flavor. It had no heat at all to it, but whatever. Yeah. So do you, is your whole family like in Santa Fe? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, mom and dad's family are both in Santa Fe. And then uh, my dad's family, a lot of them are in uh, the LA area too, in California. Uh, I have some family from California also. I'd like to kind of dig and see which side of the family, like I'm related to you on and figure out where that relationship is from. <laughs> I, it, it, it wouldn't shock me at being Northern New Mexico. It's probably both sides of the family. <laughs> Like, yeah, honestly, like, that's <laughs> no. just the way it works out, right? It really is. Everybody's <laughs> family history goes back in New Mexico so far that it's like you sometimes find out something you don't want. I know, you're hear. like, oh, no, oh, my no. wife is my third cousin or some shit. Exactly. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was I hadn't dated this girl. Luckily, we didn't do anything more than just like kiss or anything because I introduced her to my parents. My dad was like, hey, you need to stop dating her. That's your third cousin. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. So I had to have this awkward conversation with this girl like, hey, I can't see you anymore. Um, you're awesome. But if we were to have a kid, it might have hooves. So I can't do this with you anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, this ain't no sweet home Alabama. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. So, so I think it's pretty. What's up? No, 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 no. Go ahead, please. Oh, no, I've been thinking it's pretty interesting, right? You play guitar, right? I do. And you, you can see behind me, I have all my guitars there. So I play guitar also, and so does my grandfather, my uncle, and then my great-grandmother played accordion, and most of the people in my family sing. So I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, we're, awesome. you know, we never met, but we do have things in common. Yeah, absolutely. What What kind of stuff do you play? Uh, I usually play whatever I'm, I lean more towards rock music, but I've learned some country music and stuff like that too. And, you know, whatever I, I did learn some classical Spanish, um, music too, while I was in high school. So, you know, just whatever. I just enjoy playing. It kind of takes my brain out of being in my brain. 
No, for sure. I'm I'm the same way. I I played just about everything, but yeah, rock country. It's kind of like my wheelhouse. So. Yeah. That's super cool. Well, who who do you like? What uh what like artists and stuff do you like? Oh, that's such a broad. Let's I know, see. I know. <laughs> and and it's funny because people are that say, "Oh, I listen to everything." I'm like, "No, I really listen to everything." Like you could show me like I don't know, like I listen to like like obviously uh, when I was younger, I was a punk and stuff. I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures I posted where I had like a mohawk growing up and stuff. And oh, I, I grew up around that. like <laughs> I grew up around the punk scene and stuff. Like my stepdad played in some bands that were pretty popular, and like I knew people through him that were also in pretty popular bands and stuff. And so I grew up a lot at like the first people always talk about like their first concert and stuff. And it's like at like some crazy venue and stuff. I'm like, I was in elementary school and it was in a basement show and people were moshing in that basement. And I was terrified because I was a little kid. I'm like, these people are crazy, but you know, I grew up around that. And then there was a long period where I was like, I don't like country music. And then I got older and I was like, yeah, I like country music. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the thing to be cool. You know, I'm like, I don't listen to country. Yeah. I, I always say that uh, true country music is just like punk rock of the South, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're like thinking more like the outlaw, that's what I really like is outlaw country and stuff. And I, I feel like I probably identify with it a lot because it does have a lot of ties to, you know, that whole way of thinking of being like rebellious or going against the grain and all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's so how old were you? When you started? When I started playing, I was, well, guitar, I was 15, I believe. Holy shit, I've been playing for 18 years. Wow. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think I was 15 when I started playing guitar. Um, But I started playing music when I was about five. I started playing on trumpet. Um, I can play saxophone, um, keyboard, bass, yeah, you could tell. I, I remember you had posted a video on TikTok and some people got into it with me, right? Because you were doing like head movements based on what the keys were. And people, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you can tell he plays instruments because the order in which he's doing it. And people are like, well, there's more than just four keys. And I'm like, obviously. But the reason why you can tell is because you were going in the order of basically where it would be. And oh my gosh, so many many people like came at me and they were like, you can tell you've never played an instrument in your life. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yes, I do. You were going hard on that comment thread. I was like invested when you were going off, like going back and forth with people. I was like, go get it. Go for it. Get it. Get it. I was just like, I mean, like I see, I started playing, um, upright bass when I was, I was in seventh grade and in sixth grade, I had been playing violin. I'm 30 years old now. So that's, you know, when I was a freshman in high school is when I, I got ambitious. I was trying to learn how to play the trombone, but that crap hurts your lips to try and get it in the right (laughs) and blowing. And, um, see, I was in choir, I was in marching band, I was in guitar, I was in orchestra, and my parents were probably exhausted from everything they took me to. <laughs> they were That's like awesome. 5 a.m. for marching band and late at night for everything else. That's awesome, though, man. And they, were, they did it. That's what's cool, right? You, yeah. Do you still play all that stuff or... 
Um, so I'm trying to learn how to play a few things now. Like I, uh, I do want to save up and get a, an upright bass because that's, you know, the thing that I learned first, really that I like that I learned how to read the notes and everything. Okay. Um, guitar, I was starting to learn to read notes on that, but God, I could not now, like, I just basically pick up and whatever I hear, I'm learning it. If it's like, I'm getting notes that I'm like, I can't figure out what that is, you know, I'll look it up, but. You know, that playing is not so structured as the bass for me. Well, so I've never, I've never actually played an upright bass. How, how is that? I know, I know what they are, obviously, but how yeah. is that different than playing the bass? Like, uh, besides it's exactly the same. It's just, there's a bow that you, you know, okay. and then if you want to do like, you know, pizzicato, you don't use the bow. So <laughs> it's the same thing, same notes. Uh, same strings, everything. So it's not really too different. It's, uh, I guess, just style, you know? Uh, like, the reason I really wanted to learn how to play that was, do you know the band The Horror Pops? Of course. Yeah, so uh, seeing Patricia when I was a child in a guitar magazine and reading about her and stuff and that she played the bass and sang and stuff, I was like, oh, I've got to learn how to do this. And so that's where that interest kind of sparked. So you're into like rockabilly and stuff too, then? Oh yeah, I have. Awesome. I've had. I guess I wouldn't call it phases because I just really like everything. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I I love rockabilly stuff too. So like, my my personal favorite uh, will always be the Reverend Horton Heat. I love. Oh, Reverend Horton Heat's good. Yeah, I like. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people don't really. Maybe they do now. You know, we're older. But Madsen was a. Oh yeah. A favorite of mine. Like stuff like that, you know, there's lots of, I could go talking about music for days. There's so many artists and musicians that I really, really like. And people trip out too, because like I will listen to classical music, especially if I'm stressed, I get in the car. I'm like, this is what's good for me right now. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was at a show. It was, it was back when I was living in Texas. Um, they it was a it was a Reverend Horton Heat show and they had this random band opening for them. Um, the dude like they had a guy on accordion and they were like kind of like a Mexican folk rockabilly. Oh, band, nice! Which yeah, was, I had never seen that before. It was, it was awesome. But at the end of it, they all got out accordions and they played Volved. And like I had <laughs> never heard of Volved outside of California, New Mexico. So I hear it yeah. in Texas, and I swear to God, I was I'm gonna back up from the mic because I just did this from there. I was like. Gotta do the grito. <laughs> louder than shit. And the guy's like, Chale Holmes, Chale. <laughs> but yeah, because like in I know if that song comes on here, we actually went to a party recently, me and my friends, and that song came on, and everybody just wasted was singing their heart out to that song. That's like the one that everybody goes hard for here. <laughs> well, well that that song. So when they used to say mariachi music or Spanish music's gonna make you cry when you get older, and I said, nah. Now I hear Volved and I have to like, don't do it. Don't cry. Don't cry. Hold it back. But <laughs> Well, especially like I didn't really know much about like corridos and stuff until I got older. And then uh, my cousin's husband really was like, because, you know, it's weird. Like a lot of New Mexican people that are our age don't know Spanish for some reason. Our parents were like, skip you guys. Um, but like, so my cousin's husband, he would be explaining like these corridos to me and stuff. And Oh my God. Yeah. It gets you emotional. Those songs are just like so deep. Like, oh, yeah. Like Savora Me, you know, that song. I don't know. I don't think I do. So it's a, it's like a 
it's usually a wedding song. What sabor a mi? Look it up um, whenever. That okay. song, I heard it. I heard it growing up all the time, and I was like, eh, whatever, whatever. And then one day, like, I actually sat down and listened, and I was like, oh my fucking god, this song is beautiful. Like, what? Yeah, I, and there's like, life. I don't know. I think like a lot yeah. of, and it's funny too. Like the whole uh, the whole thing about music too is New Mexico. A lot of people don't really listen to our music, but we do have like a really strong culture with our music. Like, Absolutely. what's that one? the crazy candy bar song and then there was like we have certain christmas songs too that are only in new mexico of the la llorona that's a big one um la llorona loca what it is i don't know (laughs) but we have like music here that's popular like my grandfather was in a band back in the day called uh mariachi cowboys and um there is a lot of people that randomly will be like listening to them and stuff and i'm just like Hey, my grandpa played the bass in that band. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, yeah, it's like random, you know, and it's so interesting too. There's been so many generations of my family that are musicians and singers and stuff that you'd think that one of them would have blown up crazy by now. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom was the one I thought I was like, man, her voice was so crazy. I'm like, she should have been somebody. It's kind of, kind of crazy how that works out, right? Like people will do music for so long and then, Nothing, Nothing comes of it. Yeah. Like, and they'll work so hard. Like, and it's crazy too, because my uncle, I feel the same way about, and he did music all through his younger years. And he was in a band called Sol Vista and they, man, they were one of my favorite bands and it was just, you know, him and stuff. And they, a lot of people really liked them. And it, so for me, I always think about like, Hey, why didn't that go somewhere? But then you get these random I hate to say it, but like untalented people who don't really offer anything different and stuff, they just kind of fit the formula and they get big and they, you know, become something. And it's just like, "Mm, that seems unfair. (laughs) I mean, I've grown to appreciate those people, though, because I feel like they fit a niche where it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, are they are they original? No. But are they something that people want to listen to? And are they giving the, the vast majority of people something that they like? Yeah. And I think that's like, I hate, that's why I say, I hate to say that because there are these people that I wouldn't necessarily call them in like incredibly talented or anything. But for me, music is always like, it's funny. My grandpa will ask me, you know, like is music emotional or is it technical? And for him, it's always technical, but to me, my perspective of it is it's always emotional. It's always what it can give to people and what they can get out of it. So it might be not, might not bring me any value, but for somebody else, it could be incredibly valuable to them. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I mean, I think there's a, there's a technical aspect to it that can make it interesting to listen to. Um, but but if it doesn't have emotion behind it, then it doesn't have emotion. Like there's, there's no point at that point, you know, just, it has to have. And I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure we've all heard a technical person that's recorded something and you listen to it and it's like, wow, great technique. What (laughs) that's this whole, your entire recording here is it, but it doesn't make me feel any kind of way. And that's to me, music is also like a way for storytellers to continue and stuff, you know, and, and it's so deeply rooted in like everything, religion and culture and just everybody. So music is like, yeah, of course it's emotional to me. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And like the storyteller aspect of it, I feel like that's kind of lost a lot these days, like with a lot of music that's out right now, because I feel like 
if you think of like old school country songs or old school Spanish songs, they all had a, it was like you were going through an emotional roller coaster in three minutes. Like here's this person, something bad happens, something tragic happens or not. They love each other, whatever. And then the end, like, you know, it was just this story that they could tell in just a couple of minutes. And it was always so intriguing to me. And now it's not that. And it's, it's so like, okay, I think that's cool. But like, give me something, give me, you know, take me on a ride. I want to, I want to be. Make me feel something. Yeah. I want to be not in my world for like five minutes. Just do that. Oh yeah. And that's the thing too, is with a good song that has a great story to it, it will, it'll take you out of where you're at and stuff and put you somewhere else or even bring you even deeper into where you're at. You know, there's sometimes like people who joke around like, but it's true. We all like, we'll listen to a song that'll make us cry because it makes us feel more. And I think that's like healthy, you know, it makes you be able to like feel your emotions and work through them and stuff. So it's like, yeah, dude, I do sometimes want to hear a song that's like making me feel (laughs) miserable. (laughs) There's, there's one song. It's one of my favorite songs. It's, have you ever heard of a guy named Jason Isbell? No. Or Isbell? He's kind of like an Americana singer. He's from Alabama. Um, But he has a song called Super 8. And it's about him and his bass player going to do cocaine with a girl in a Super 8 motel. And then she overdoses and her boyfriend comes in as she's overdosing. And it's like a super like blues, like rock song. So it's very upbeat. Mm -hmm. But like you listen to the lyrics and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to punch her in the chest so she doesn't die. And her boyfriend hits me with a baseball bat. And like, like, what the fuck is going on in this right now? Dude? <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to save your life. And yeah. The, the, the no, whole, like, the whole like tag of it is I don't want to die in a Super 8 motel. That's like the whole like kicker of it. The, the song is awesome, but it's like, it sends you on this ride or at the end, you're like, oh my God, well, that was an anxiety attack. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite music too is ones that sound incredibly upbeat. But then when you listen to the words, it's like, oh my God, like, what is this? Yeah, I agree. Like like that one uh, um, Third Eye Blind song where it's about like him doing meth and it's like a do, 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 that song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. But yes, that one's always I did. And then as a kid listening to it, I'm like, it's just a fun song to dance to. And then as an adult, you're like, oh, sh-. <laughs> I didn't realize this song was about that. Like, this dude is going through it in the song. And I'm just like, do, do, do. Dancing away all freaking six years old. <laughs> There's like, let's see, do you know who a Montreal is? Uh, I've heard the, the name before, but I don't think I'm familiar with any, um, um, any music. A lot of their music, especially when um, the lead singer and one of the other bandmates had gone through their divorce, it became a lot of that. It was like, very disco-y sounding and dance like party sounding and then you listen to the words and he's talking about kind of feeling like doomed in a way and like being in like this existential crisis or like it depicts romance in a way that's like brutally honest like he'll say that like oh I'm in love with you but like that means I want to kiss your friends and do all these messed up things to you and stuff and I think it's like I love those songs because they're more interesting I think to really unwrap instead of just one that's like hey guys let's go drink and party which I mean there is a time and place for those but oh yeah you don't you don't want to hear that song when you're at the club you want to hear shots 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 or something right (laughs) <laughs> so 
still sitting there. Oh man, I'm really feeling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, there, there's a so the the Gen Z people, uh, they they're doing music right. I feel like they, I love I love their music. I've got to say, and it's funny because yeah. so many people like to talk bad about them, but I'm like, I love that generation. They're a generation full of angry people that will do what they have to do to make change, and they're interesting, and they have such beautiful contributions to art and stuff. So I love them. <laughs> I, I think it's because they were raised by Gen X. Cause that's what Gen X was like too. And yeah. like And that's like, you know, my what aunties and cousins and stuff that are about that age and stuff. And I actually learned a lot of who I am from those people. It's kind of funny. Cause I, this is the first time I'm noticing like the trend. So like millennials are like boomers. Cause obviously we're raised by boomers for the most part. Right. So that's the way Gen yeah. Z views us, and that's the way Gen X viewed boomers. So it's 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 funny the how like every thirty years it just repeats the cycle. It's just a different group of people, you know. I feel like you know, like Steve Buscemi, because like I'm not like a typical, I guess, millennial. So I feel like I'm that meme of Steve Buscemi with the skateboard, and he's like, "Hello, young people!" Like, <laughs> dude, that's me. On, that's me on TikTok every day. I'm like, "Hello, fellow youths." I'm not thirty three at all, doing. TikTok videos. And I'm on TikTok too. I'm over here doing my makeup like Trixie Mattel. I'm like, oh, I hope Trixie Mattel sees me. <laughs> Dude, I, have you been uh have you been put in TikTok jail yet for doing anything? Not yet. I've gotten warnings. <laughs> I've been put in TikTok jail for like the dumbest shit. I swear. The dumbest stuff. Like one of Yeah, them- it's giving me warnings for weird stuff. And I'm like, one of them, it was a tattoo. Okay, so to be fair, it did show a butt cheek. All right, it showed a butt cheek, but it didn't. Sh- it just showed the cheek, not the crack, nothing. And it was a tattoo that was like a horrible tattoo on someone's butt. I got suspended for three weeks for that. Three weeks. And that's the thing too is like I think it really dep- depends. Like, have you noticed that there is definitely a pattern of people who are censored and people who are not? And there's like. You know, I definitely see people that show their whole butt on there sometimes on certain videos, but you're going to get banned for showing a tattoo and not really even showing anything that bad is like definitely, I don't know, there's there's proof that they censor certain people. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's because I'm a 30-year-old dude. They're like, no, you're not our demographic. Go away. <laughs> also, because you told on Best Buy and Best Buy's like, get them. <laughs> Dude, no. So Best Buy. So get this. The first first video I had that blew up, it was me giving secrets to Best Buy, which, by the way, all of those were outdated. I realized through the comment section. Now, yeah. So that, that was really bad advice. But <laughs> anyway, that got a couple million views. So that's that's where I got like a good amount of following. Right. Yeah. Best Buy DM'd me asking me to take that down. So I <laughs> immediately blocked them. Then they DM'd me after the BuzzFeed articles came out. They DM'd me on both Facebook and Instagram asking me to take it down. Oh, my God. And I You're was all, like, this is how I'm getting popular. No. <laughs> no, and I was, I was like, well, they can't really do anything because I didn't, like, slander them. So, nah, I'll just block them. So, yeah, I got, I got, I have Best Buy blocked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what those uh, series of people who are like, oh, which celebrity blocked you? You're like, I blocked a whole corporation. (laughs) You know, Best Buy, gone. I don't need your yellow tag bullshit. Also, it's like, 
Bro, they probably were so awful to you as an employer, like working there. That is just like, why should I care? <laughs> Honestly, like, okay, so it was it was a pretty toxic place to work, you know. But that's just retail. I don't think that's unique to Best Buy. But yeah, like, I, I enjoyed the people that I worked with, though. Like the people that I worked with at the majority of my stores were always super cool. I see a lot of them now, like they're all doing really well for themselves, doing have good careers going, like. That's always so encouraging to see when you see people you worked a really shitty job with, like thriving. Doing and better. Doing well. Yeah, it, that's like one of the happiest things in my well, I'm like, dude, good for you, man. Like, I want to give you a hug through the internet. Like, I think especially like at our age too, because we get to see people, you know, from our early 20s that like were working the same crap jobs as us. And then now they're doing something really cool. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> get out of that yeah absolutely retail jobs are awful i like oh man there was a time i tell this story because it's just so annoying um old people man they just love to be there so early in the morning before the doors are opened or anything and one day i was i had to go clean the windows in the front like the front doors and then the doors after that and i was cleaning them and I, of course, I had to unlock them to like clean and stuff. And this couple, oh man, they just stood there for a whole hour asking me to let them in. And oh why can't you just let us in and going off on me? And I'm like, because the store hours are posted there. I was like, you know, they're right there. That's it's a corporation. I can't just let you in. <laughs> and then my boss finally went to go unlock the doors and they were like, thank you for listening. And she's like, it's because we're open now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, these two have been yelling at me for an hour. <laughs> I had one guy one time. Um, so we just used to leave the like the exit doors open because we'd have to pull them open to go in. And um, a guy from the parking lot saw us all doing that. So he just did it and walked in. And I'm like setting up. This is about an hour and a half before we open. And then I'm like, there's just a dude walking around in computers. Like, what's going on? So then all of a sudden I just hear him yelling, I need help. I need help. Like, uh, hi, you know, we're not open for an hour and a half. And he's like, I'm, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I get some help and I buy a computer. Nope. Nope. And I'm like, why does some of them do that though? It's like our <laughs> registers, I can't even function at this hour because yeah. you came in at a time that our computers won't even unlock. Like, <laughs> I'm like even if I wanted to sell you this thing, I, I cannot get the register to physically push through the transaction yet like mm -hmm. and they're just back. like it's that whole state of mind like the customer's always right and it's like who taught you guys this <laughs> Dude, i i knew it was time to get out of retail when i started like talking back to the customers like firing back pretty hard that's when i like i told my well she was my girlfriend then my fiance now fiance like hey i, I literally text her one day like i have to quit my job today i can't i can't like i'm gonna literally go off on someone and you're all, and I'll be on the news instead of just quitting the job. Well, there's this one guy. So I'm I'm a portly gentleman. Um, I've lost some weight, but I, I was much bigger at the time. And this is how he approached me. He's dude who's probably about my size also, keep in mind. I just hear this. Hey, fat boy, can I get some help? Yeah. And that's, oh, God. I just turned around. And I, I told him, I was like, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know what I can do for you, but. That's all I told him. And then right? I like, I mean, that's I like, that, I like, he has, like, an internalized kind of hate for himself. That it's, like, why would you be calling somebody else that to begin with? And like, and the thing is, I don't even give, I, I joke about being fat all the time. I don't, I don't care. Right? 
but like why would you say that to another human being that's yeah no yeah other people that have issues with themselves I always think because it's like first of all I don't know for me I've always kind of had issue with like people making fun of anybody for appearance in any kind of way because it's like what kind of level is your mind at that you can't you know talk to people in a normal way or respectful way or whatever you have to project that kind of thing and it's like you have to have something definitely wrong with yourself if you're okay with putting somebody else down based on their appearance. And it's like, cause people can't help that, you know? No, hundred percent agree. A hundred percent agree. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. And th- the funny thing is, cause I, when I was living in Austin, I worked in like a pretty like nicer area of town. Um, so we got like a lot of people who had money and, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon to see someone drop like 40 grand, which that's insane to me. They would drop that at a store, but whatever. Um, <laughs> if you got it right, but those were always the nicest people when they would come in and they, those were always the nicest people that would come in. It was usually people who like, were just regular people. They were always the meanest, always the meanest. The, the people who had money, I, I always expected them to like, look down on me or what? No, they were usually the nicest, which totally mind fuck for me. Cause that's, that's not how I thought it was going to be at all. Well, I think too, like our realities are so different from each other based on like, you know, people who have a lot of money, of course, their, their issue, what they think is an issue and what they think is like, you know, something to judge people based off is completely different from what ours is because ours is, I think because when you, you grow up without anything material, you kind of turn into, all right, well, I can make fun of you for appearance. I can make fun of you for uh, many things because, you know, money's not something I have, you know, and probably people with money are just like, you know, I'm just here to buy what I'm buying. And that's, uh, you know, (laughs) that's true. That's true. Also, you don't have the stress of just living with yourself. If you're, (laughs) so I've got, I've got money. I can just, you know, I don't got to worry about my bills. (laughs) That's true. Me and my fiance say that all the time. Like, yeah, money doesn't buy happiness, but it will buy a boat or a jet. Right. Those make me very happy. So. I mean, like a lot of, (laughs) it fix a lot of the problems too. (laughs) I'm like, my vacuum broke. It's all good. I can go buy another one easily. (laughs) So how long have you and your fiance known each other? So we have been together for nine years this month Ooh, yeah that's um, good our uh our first date anniversary is on the 17th of december oh yeah it's so, coming up you guys got stuff planned um i'm not too sure we're, we're going back to santa fe for for christmas um and we live in florida so you know covid stuff it's pretty much a free-for-all here so we're not always comfortable going to a lot of places um yeah I guess when you guys head back this way and stuff, you could do some nice stuff. I don't know if you guys ever go to Albuquerque or anything, but like we have River of Lights and all that stuff you guys could probably go do. Yeah, Um, yeah, I've I've been to it before when I like when I was younger. I've just I haven't taken her. Uh, We've been to like the plaza in Santa Fe, but that's about it. Um, Yeah, they have it lit up like crazy, by the way. I went there day before yesterday and I like I got out. It was freezing cold, too. And I was like, I am going to walk down the road and take a picture of the lights. (laughs) I'm all it's festive. I need the serotonin. 
<laughs> and how long have uh, you and your boyfriend, fiance, husband? Uh, fiance, I guess. Yes. Like, we're not like, I guess, a traditional kind of couple, you know, like we just kind of decided we're going to get married. Awesome. But we've been together like four years now. And then we uh, first met each other in sixth grade. Oh, cool. But it's really interesting. We hadn't, you know, <clears throat> he didn't remember me and I actually didn't remember him. And we started dating and about a week later after we were dating, uh, my sister and I were looking through an old yearbook from middle school. And I looked at the picture of him and I was like, oh, you remember that kid? He was so annoying. And my sister was like, yeah. <laughs> and also, I wonder what that kid's up to. I went and looked at his name and I was like, you know what? I know what that guy's up to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. I was like, Oh no. And then I told him, I was like, do you remember how loud you were? And he was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually had a, an old girlfriend from high school reach out to me the other day. That was kind of weird. Yeah. Like it was never like anything serious or anything. So she was just like, Hey, have you been, haven't talked to you in a long time. I'm like, this is very weird. I haven't talked to you since we were like 16 years old. Like, okay. Well. I've randomly gotten people like that, but then also there's been times where like, I'll think of like an old friend from school or anything like that. And I look them up and I'll add them and stuff. Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot, you know, until just now. So I'll do that sometimes. And then people do it to me. I think it's kind of like, you know, like nostalgia. Everybody wants that little connection to the past a little before oh. life got hard. <laughs> You know, what's funny is there, there are still people from high school that I haven't talked to since then. And I've seen them. And when I see them, oh, wow. it's, it's literally like the same thing. Like, like we're like, if we were friends, then we're, we're like, we just pick up like where we left off. And it was, yeah, I have, I cool. definitely have people like that. So I have a friend now that I've been hanging out with a lot this year and I hadn't seen her since high school. And, um, she had invited me to her birthday party last year and, it's funny because I was, I was feeling pretty depressed and stuff. And she was like, Oh, come my birthday. And I hadn't seen her since then. And I was like, all right. So I went and, you know, since then I've seen her and her sister and everybody and stuff, like at the very least once a month. (laughs) So it was interesting. Yeah. It's like one of those relationships. We haven't seen each other in so long and hadn't talked or anything. And just, it picked up like naturally right all over again. It's kind of funny because like people, obviously people change, but people are still themselves. And yeah, like it's, it's like, kind of like it's kind of cool, like comforting to see that, like, oh, you're still you. Like this is all right. Like <laughs> I can, I can and that's the cool thing is like her and then a friend of mine named Jennifer and stuff. They're both very much like who they were back then. You know, like very kind and very sweet people and like giving to everyone and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's comforting to come back to that and be like, Hey, you like, you've changed, but not, not like who you are. <sighs> kind of, I don't know. It's funny. I, I guess I'm just hitting that age next. I'm 33. I'm like, yeah, I've been out of high school for a while. Like, I'm Oh no, that. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting to that part. I'm like, I've been out for like 15 years. I'm like, I'm that old dude. Like I'll go to a high school game. Then it's a little weird because I don't have a kid there. and that's the thing like I'm 30 now and it's so interesting to me because yeah like I was a punk when I was younger and stuff and I when I was like 15 and 16 I was hanging out with like 30 and 40 year olds you know back in that time 
And now being 30 years old and looking at like high school kids, I'm like, I would not hang out with you. (laughs) I don't know why these people were deciding to spend their time with teenage kids. I'm like, bro, we were, I mean, obviously they were probably pretty weird, but (laughs) it's like, I don't know, like it being my age, I see like, cause my sister, my younger sister is 20 now. And I see her as just like such a little kid to me. And, you know, like I call her and her boyfriend when they come by, I'm like the kids and my boyfriend's like, who? (laughs) In my eyes, they're always going to be like kids to me, you know, like, and especially because I just feel like there's such a huge gap between our ages. Sure. Do you you remember how old 20 seemed when you were like 16? Oh, I thought I was going to be like at 16. I thought I was grown. And then at 20, I was like, no one can tell me anything. And then now that I'm 30, I'm like, someone please tell me something. (laughs) I remember when I was 20 years old, um, I threw a New Year's Eve party at my mom's house. And I don't know how, but some kids who were like freshmen in high school and I was a senior in high school were now seniors in high school. And they ended up at, my, at that party somehow, which I didn't invite them. So I don't know how, but all of them were like, dude, is this your house? Like, did you buy this house? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I don't, like what the, no, like, this is my mom's house. Oh, okay. I thought you bought your house, man. I'm like, no. I get, I used to think stuff like that too. When people were only like five years older than me, they're like, I have not built the credit yet. <laughs> wow you you did this yourself (laughs) no that's your mom and dad (laughs) it's so funny how like you think at that age you think everybody's just so grown up and stuff and then you hit 30 and I'm like yeah like most of my friends don't own a house like we're all renting dude I hit 30 and I'm like I still watch monster truck videos on YouTube and I eat Cheerios like (laughs) I I switched to honey nut Cheerios some of my 30s and it's heart healthy now but I still eat them (laughs) I got. I know. I bought my uh, rice krispies from Whole Foods. <laughs> They're a little bit better, you know. Got to watch my health a little bit. I have children. <laughs> you got the, those organic uh, marshmallows that are on there. That's that's the. <laughs> I'll go find them. <laughs> it's interesting. Like when I was younger, too. Like I always joke about this because I just got a new washer. And my older sister came by and I was like, come look at this. And she came and looked and she's like, oh, dang, that's nice. <laughs> just like sitting... <laughs> and I got a new oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, we got a new vacuum and it was the same thing. I was like, watch this all like because it's one of the ones with the retractable cord. And I was like, look, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dude, no, well, we got so we bought our house uh, around this time last year. And when we finally got our washer and dryer because it took forever because the pandemic, we couldn't get them for months. So mm-hmm. when we finally got them. It was like they didn't have the little thing in the middle of the, the washer. Oh, yeah. The open. The agitator. Yeah. Agitator. Thank you. We literally sat there just watching the clothes go like without the agitator for like 20 minutes. I'm just like, (laughs) this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Mine says a clear top. (laughs) As a clear top. And we could also start it and stop it with our phone with the app. We were like just doing it, just starting it with no clothes. And they're just like, look, I just started it. I I got to know which one that one is now. Um, (laughs) Started with your phone. I'm all, ooh. <laughs> I know, I know. And then we figured out you have to pay for a subscription and you only get six months free. And we're like, yeah, I'm not paying eight oh, months for that. But, 
it was cool while it lasted. It was good till August. So, and then right. now, now I have to come up like some sort of fucking barbarian and actually touch the button to start it. Oh, ugh, I gotta freaking get up, man. <laughs> like I swear, man, is this not even worth it? This goddamn thing. <laughs> it's all forget. It's like I still have a clear top. <laughs> well, like okay, so. I get excited about washers and dryers. I used to work for Dyson, the vacuum company. So I have four Dyson vacuums in my house that I just got to keep, which I'm like, yes, I never have to buy one. Thank God. Cause these things are fucking expensive. Oh no. I've looked at Dyson's. Those things are, I'm like, that's the vacuum I want. The cordless one that they have. Yeah. We, we got, we, not to brag. We have two of them. I didn't pay for either. Nice. Of them. I was supposed to give them back to Dyson, technically. I was supposed to give them back to them, but uh, I think they got lost in the mail, if you will. For legal reasons, <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lost in the mail is how we, we're going to spin this one. I was supposed to get a hairdryer from them, but they never sent it, the bastards. <laughs> I, I curse Girl, a lot. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's a family thing, but I curse a lot if you haven't noticed. So. <laughs> oh, I do too. Okay. It probably is though, because I mean, I don't think anybody in my family's really censored themselves except for a select few that I don't even get along with. <laughs> that's always the one, like if, if uh, you get someone who doesn't like to curse, they're also the ones that are like, yes, I'm Hispanic. Like that, that type of like, hmm. that's literally too. And they won't like, you know, how like most native Amer or most uh, New Mexicans have like native, uh, you know, ancestry, whatever, all that. Those are always the ones, the ones that are like, I don't cuss. At least here in New Mexico are the same ones that are like, I'm just a Spaniard. And you're like, go take a DNA test. <laughs> go show it to me. You're like, you're like, there's some Navajo in there somewhere. I promise you. I see it in your facial hair. <laughs> those are always the ones though they're like and then they're the ones too that are like oh they'll be like oh you got to go to church for every single thing and i those ones stress me out it's i'm like literally thinking of specific family members that <laughs> so i i had no idea like obviously growing up in new mexico mostly hispanic people right um, yeah so I had no idea. Like, I always thought that people knew, oh, well, there's a difference between Spanish, Mexican, you know, whatever. I moved to California. I'm Mexican. Just point blank Mexican. No, Nobody really cares if I say like, no, you know, Spanish and native. And I'm, no, you're Mexican. When I'm in Florida, everyone just assumes I'm Puerto Rican. Like, it's it's really fun. Like, just because see, I'm like a little bit brown. Yeah. Who would assume that I am because like you go to Texas and most people can kind of tell what you are, you know, yeah. I had one woman who called me a derogatory name at the store and I tried to chase her down, but I couldn't, find her. <laughs> but you know, I had the one person, but for the most part, you know, I think Texas and New Mexico kind of have the same, you know, we're right on the border and stuff. So we all have this kind of same idea of like what people are and stuff. But yeah, like, I think that'd be interesting to even to like go to like New York and see what people would assume. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny, like being here, because there's a huge Puerto Rican see, like culture here, right? There's a lot yeah. of Puerto Rico here. But automatically, there's a lot people, of, oh, go, go ahead. There's a lot of Cuban people there too uh, in, where is it? Tampa? No, no, no. Uh, Miami. Yeah, Miami is basically Cuba. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. My boyfriend is from Cuba. He came here when he was nine years old. 
Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, I guess the first, you know, first got in, I think, through Miami and then and then took a plane over here, planer or something like that. They brought him over here. But did yeah, he, did he come the, across like did he come across like by himself or with his parents or? So his mom. If, if, she, if you feel comfortable talking about it, of course. Oh yeah, know. no, he yeah. talks about it with a lot of people and stuff. It's pretty interesting, actually. Like especially ta- his stories about his childhood are really really interesting. Um, but he came here. His mom came here first. She put in for a lottery. The only thing is that you win the lottery to to leave Cuba, you also are in charge of coming up with the money to leave, which is a lot of money. Yeah. So she, you know, she left first and he lived with his uh, grandmother and his auntie, I think, and waited basically until she sent for him, which wasn't too long. She got him pretty fast. But yeah, he came here when he was nine by, you know, on a plane on his own and stuff. They had to bribe him with candy. His uncle got into a fight with him when he was getting on the plane because he was mad that he was leaving him. Wow. <laughs> now, his mom now is uh, sponsoring for his uncle to come here. So he's... <laughs> now you guys don't have to be mad. You're coming too. <laughs> man, that's a that's a crazy story. Wow. Yeah. His... if Like, oh man, I should uh, tell you some more about him. But yeah... He's really interesting. His childhood was really interesting. Like the, he said, he always tells me, you know, like United States has its own freedoms, but Cuba has its own freedoms too. Like a lot of things that are different. He always tells me about the one interesting thing is that people in Cuba are allowed to drink anywhere. Like you can just be walking on the road, whatever, and be drinking and it doesn't matter. Um, there's like a, yeah, there's like this beach that everyone kind of goes to. It's like on, on a wall. And yeah, I guess he said a lot of people go there and they'll drink and just fish all day and play music and stuff like that. Hmm. See, I, I I don't know, like like the way that I view, not the way I view Cuba like as a country, but like from what I know about it, it's kind of the same as like North Korea. Just kind of like, I only see like a few pictures and then I really know nothing else about it outside of that. Yeah, and this is the really sad part is, like, you know, politically speaking, it's, I mean, a lot of people kind of have a distorted idea of what it is out there because he's told me a lot of stuff. And it's been, like, you know, his uh, his knowledge is more in-depth than the people that are here, you know, what they know. I've met people that have visited Cuba and they think that they know everything about Cuba because they visited. But what they don't know is that when there's any visitors to Cuba, usually there is a um, a person from the government that would be appointed to them or their group to make sure that people are not talking to them about things that aren't supposed to be talked about. Mm-hmm. And so these people, you know, really kind of don't understand how how bad it can be over there there's people you know that try to start businesses and you can be doing really well but as soon as the government picks up on all oh, this business is doing really good and this person is doing well they will go and uh confiscate that business from that person you no longer own that uh they'll take it all away from you um when it comes to like groceries and stuff you have to actually wait in a line all like hours maybe all day and there's no guarantee that there'll be food or what you're trying to get at the store by the time you get there so it's you know 
there's stuff that he can, you know, explain a little bit better than me, but from the things that I've heard, it's not really good. The people that I know that have been from there, you know, of course they love the country that they're from and stuff and the people that are there and, and the Island and everything like that. But there's some things, you know, their government has done. That's not been great for the people there. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, like we think about like the stuff that, is like wrong with our country and granted very valid but when you put it in perspective we're like shit we we have it pretty good like it's not all that bad compared to you know having to wait for hours to maybe get food like yeah and that's that's a conversation that we have sometimes but he also like this is he kind of puts things into perspective for me too because yes we do have problems here and there are things that need to be changed and addressed and stuff because all places do everywhere has their problems and who knows how long it'll be before we can actually fix all these things. But he'll talk about, you know, like when he was a child, it was during the special period in Cuba, which, um, a lot of children starved during that time. I'm Um, not not familiar with it. What, what's the, what's that period? Special period was, um, if I'm remembering right, I think it was a, they had an allyship with somebody and it, Oh, it was something. And it was like an allyship they had with someone and that something happened. And so they ended up losing um, things that were being imported to them and stuff. And so they lost a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of children, you know, were going hungry. A lot of families were going without and stuff. And that too, there's some interesting things like there are like good things about there too. Like they'll take children and if they know that they're like gifted in some way at something, they right away will put them into learning those things. So the doctors that they have in Cuba, I would argue could probably be some of the best in the world because they do, they teach them since very young about what they're doing and, and they learn about it. But they don't have like, you know, new medical equipment. They don't have, you know, the medicines, the access to medication that we do and stuff. There's a lot of stigmatism revolved around, you know, mental disorders and all that kind of stuff over there still, because it's, you know, not something they can treat or be open about and stuff because it's just not important out there. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, um, it's really, uh, this is one sad thing that I know that like kind of, stays stuck in my head is that I guess a lot of people in Cuba, when they try to uh, commit suicide, will often um, try to set themselves on fire. And I don't know what reason there is for that, but I guess that's from what I've heard from, you know, my boyfriend and other people's that that's like a pretty common way that people will try to, to go. And I'm just like, that's intense. You know, how awful can things be that that you're accepting of this is a really horrific way to go and I'd rather do that, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's freaking terrible. It gets, though, there's certain things he'll tell me about that I'm just, like, devastated by it and I'll, like, cry even. And for him, he's, you know, lived through it. So, like, he'll see me crying and he's like, it's okay. And I'm like, you know, how awful is it that you've lived so much through this that it doesn't get you emotional it doesn't get you feeling like you know terrible like that well it's crazy how human beings can like just become accustomed to stuff like that like that yeah like we desensitize over time after seeing so many things bad happen our brains will just say like oh 
it's all right. You know, it's just life. And it's like, it's not just life. It's definitely not something that we should be used to. Well, I mean, it's even kind of like, like COVID, like how everyone just sort of got used to being at home and like not interacting like it. And the way people like so quickly were like, okay, this is fine. And we just adapted yeah. to it like that. That's nuts to me. Like, I mean, like I had a hard time starting trying to see people again. Like, um, you know, after I got my vaccinations and stuff, I was like anxious about seeing people and, and being around anybody new, you know, and I was just like, this isn't normal for me, you know, like I was an essential worker at the beginning and stuff. And then eventually I did leave my job that I had at the time, but I, um, during that little space of being at home and not being around anybody and, you know, waiting to be vaccinated and all those things, it was like, yeah, you know, it's better to just <laughs> be inside by myself. And I was cool with it, you know? No, I, and that's, I get it. Yeah, I, I definitely get it. And what's really awful though, too, is that because humans are naturally like social, you know? So I think there's a lot of people that are experiencing like this, um, I don't know, like, uh, everybody's pretty like depressed, you know, and mental health is like plummeting right now and stuff because people are really having to figure out, you know, who they are outside of the world and all those things. And it's just, it's a lot. And especially with the deadly virus going around, you know, that's already a lot on its own. I honestly think COVID was obviously COVID is terrible. I'm not trying to downplay it. I think COVID was the part that people needed to be the least afraid of. I think that the, the part that was people needed to be the most afraid of was number one, how people can get a pack mentality without being in an actual pack, how people mm -hmm. can organize shit on the internet and just be so fucking vile to each other because they don't have to look the other person in the face. Like, and that had already been a thing, but now people literally had nothing else to do with that. Yeah. It's amplified because people are at home and, and I've received like, you know, online there was every once in a while, I know somebody just messing with me and I'm like, haha, whatever, you know, right. but since COVID has started, I've noticed that there is daily people that I will see that will just be nasty to me for no reason online. Like some girl earlier, don't know why I was just talking about because some girl posted a video and she was like, this is a joke, you know, and I, and this girl was taking it serious. And I was like, if you read her title, she said it was a joke, you know? Yeah. And then she goes, go to her YouTube, you fat ass. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then I ignored it. And then a few hours later, she wrote to me again and she was like, oh, you tried to report my comment and that's why it got put back. And I was like, I didn't report it. TikTok probably saw the word fat ass and was like, hey, that's a community violation. <laughs> like, I, I was but, laughing when people call me fat on TikTok because I'm like, you literally just called a guy named Chubby Elvis fat. Like, come on, dude. You're like, I admittedly call myself chubby and you're over here. <laughs> Well, you fat ass. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, that's that's like the whole point. It's all yeah. good observation. <laughs> you you just made a fact. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll clap. I don't know. I'm like, I don't really care. You know, the only time I got really upset when somebody told me something, but I figured out that it was somebody that was that knew me because um, they had written all these things, but it was only things that were 
things that I had that were like um, insecurities that only people who were really close to me knew about. And I was thinking about it and I was like, who do I know that talks like this? And they used specifically the word grotesque. And I don't know a lot of people that will throw that word out just out of nowhere and stuff. And I was like, I know who this is. (laughs) I use that that word a lot. (laughs) I do too. Cause I mean, what, what a, what a way to really punch somebody, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's very few things you could say that are that cut deeper than the word grotesque. If you're calling yeah, someone grotesque, works. or something grotesque. Yeah. yeah. And that one's a pretty hard one, but I use that word too. But like, you know, I just off, you know, on going on a rant, telling somebody off or whatever, I wouldn't. Oh, that. And then the person also said that I probably smell like a fast food grease trap. And I was like, I've heard only one specific person say that to people before. And I knew exactly. I'm like, there's only one person that I know that has ever used that as like a, as an insult. And I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> I think the best one I ever got, someone said that I was cosplaying as a boiled hot dog. I could not stop laughing when I read that. Like, look at this dude cosplaying as a blonde hot dog. Doesn't that just remind me, you know, that audio on TikTok with Hank Hill? It's all, do I look like I know what a JPEG is? I just want a picture of a goddamn hot dog. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, some of the shit people come up with, like, I don't know if they're trying to be funny or mean, but some of it's fucking hilarious. Right? Is that, that like, so, sometimes there, there's so, been insults where I'm just like, that's funny. <laughs> someone, someone said I looked like a thumb when it's bent, like a bent thumb. I was like, what the fuck, dude? That just, is so specific. Because <laughs> then I look, I'm like, yeah, I can see that. All right. <laughs> I think probably the more specific the insult, it's probably more funny. Like oh, now yeah. I'm going to probably use that as a formula to, to <laughs> be all drunk telling people stuff like that. Cosplaying as a hot dog. That was, that's, a, that's my, I'm never going to forget that one. That was the best one I've ever seen. <laughs> well, Hey, look, we're at an hour. We, oh yeah I, I can't believe we're at an hour but yeah that's that's right. been our time but um before we go do you want to plug your your social media or anything that people can find you or if not that's fine too oh it's just instagram and tiktok are both nutty rage i just put on weird makeup and make funny not funny just weird videos <laughs> i enjoy them i enjoy them so but well, no, this, this was awesome. I'm so happy you wanted to be on. Like, this was a ton of fun. I, I would love to have you on again or, or even just call. Oh, yeah. Talk, so. No, that would be great. Uh, I think it's really cool. Interesting. Cause to me, it's like almost like in a way, like a social experiment of like seeing people's interaction face to face for the first time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, that The whole point is like, I know so many people that I've only met on social media. I'm like, dude, I can actually talk to these people. Like they don't have to just be like a like and a comment like, to me. Like, yeah. I think that's really cool too. Cause maybe it might get people to start talking to their social media friends and stuff too. Cause like yeah. you, it's so weird. If you feel like you know them so well and then you don't actually interact like besides texting, whatever, anything like that. it's never face to face. So this is pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. So 
yes, I would love to have you on again. Um, great, always great talking to you. Seriously, <laughs> great talking. I, I, I really enjoyed this. So, thank uh, you for having me. Of course, and thank you everyone for listening. And we will see you next time.